show. Blackatow. A blackatow. A blackatow. Oh, you uh do you listen to Diablo Corn Orchestra or Swing Orchestra? Dude, if this band did a collaboration with Corn, that would be even more confusing than this record already is. <laughs> Well, here's something that I'm confused about. Uh, you told me for the first time in a while you got two stoned last night. Oh, dude, two stone Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, I. My buddy came over, same buddy that uh, just put me through hell in a boxing lesson. <laughs> he was over here last night, and uh, and I had this whole we had this whole plan. So this dude has he's really into old kung fu movies from like the 70s. So he gave me yeah. like 12. Yeah, 12 VHS of, like, old Jackie Chan and, like, all the, like, so many Wu-Tang movies, The Legend of the Liquid Sword and all this stuff. Old Dirty Kung Fu, which apparently the guy, like, poop, like uh, farts on people and shit to mess with them during fights. Oh, my God. <laughs> it sounds hilarious. And uh, so, yeah, so he was over last night, and I'm thinking, this guy usually just smokes, right? And I'm of the ilk that I think vaping gets you way higher, like dry herb vaping. Mm-hmm. So I have my volcano and I'm like, I'm going to fuck this dude's world up. I'm going to like bowl after bowl in the volcano. He's not even going to know what hit him. So we get like one bowl going and we're both pretty stoned. And we, we put on this movie Snake and Crane, which is a 1978 Jackie Chan movie. Just Jackie's just amazing in it. And as so, always. As always, but I've never seen him that young, so I've never seen him that fast. Mm. It blew my mind, dude. Like some of the and and how intricate the martial arts was and everything. Like they were so prescribed, and the, all the movements like were for a reason, and it wasn't so theatrical. You know, it's just like gorgeous. So anyway, like we're we're probably like thirty minutes into the movie, and we both think at the same time, let's let's get another bolt going. So then he loads some of his shit that he brought. And I fucking vape one bag out of it, and for probably 30 minutes, I think I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> and then... You might have got through that Dur burger, dude. Dude, I, I asked him, like, it was really funny, so I asked him what it was, because at one point, after that 30 minutes of, of you know, nearing a panic attack, then I just get really tired. And I look at him and I'm like, what was what was that strain? And he just looks at me and his, his eyes are all red and he's like, cherry fucking pie or cherry something. And I was like, sweet Jesus. And he wants to do more and I, I literally can't move. <laughs> and I told him, I was like, dude, once the movie was an hour and 40 minutes and it felt like three and a half hours. And because it was, it's literally just fight move after fight move. And then he like Jackie fights someone for five minutes. They talk for two minutes and then he fights for five minutes. There must've been 12 or 15 fight scenes in Jesus. an hour and a half. But dude, I, I got way too high. <laughs> like not even so high that I could just fall asleep. Like I got so high that I was so tired, but I couldn't fall asleep. So like my buddy leaves, I immediately, it's like 10 o'clock. I immediately go in bed and I'm just laying there with my eyes closed for like an hour and a half. Just trying Jeez, to work through man. my situation. <laughs> He's, he smoked you. You underestimated him, man. I even told him this morning. I was like, dude, I thought I was going to fuck you up with the volcano. And then you, like, apparently he went home and, like, had a beer and smoked a bowl and hung out for another couple hours. And I immediately went to bed. Well, how long like, does this I guy live in California? Out. Oh, he's an OG here, man. Yeah, like, well. He's, he's in his, four, he's probably, like, 10 years older than me. And I underestimated how much he smoked. I, I thought I was going to ruin this guy's night. And that was, weirdly <laughs> enough, that was kind of my goal. Yeah, I was like, I wanted to prove to him that vapes were way stronger. And he's sitting, and he said it. He was like, man, this thing's fucking me up. But then, you know, I'm sitting there falling asleep, and he's watching the fucking movie, like, loving it. But I highly, I highly recommend uh, Snake and Crane. Snake and if you Crane. Can find it. Yeah. You said I, it's, a, I, it's two hours long. No, it's an hour and 40 minutes, but it felt like three hours. Jesus Christ. It, just because, just mostly because I was really stoned, but it's also just, it's just fighting. Like, imagine just watching a fight scene 
for an hour and 40 minutes. Like, it, it, it would feel much longer than an hour and 40 minutes. And it's those old kung fu movies, so every move is... Right. She's like, like, dude, not even that. It's all just whooshes. <laughs> it was whooshes for an hour and forty minutes. They're chopping. Yeah. Oh man, it was killer though. And I and I highly recommend this streaming service that I signed up for to be able to watch it last night. It's called Haya. Come on. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> You're fucking. <laughs> it's called Haya. And it has any old kung fu Hong Kong martial arts movie that you could probably think of. And new shit, too. Like, they had, like, Jet Li movies from the 2000s that I grew up loving, you know? So, and it's $3 a month. Like, yeah, dude. You can't beat that. But you're still on your uh, high horse with the VHSs over there. Well, I was until I couldn't get my VCR to work last night. So for like 30 minutes, I was freaking out because I'm just like, dude, my friend came over and like, this isn't working. And like, we made all these plans. <laughs> I wanted to think I'm cool. Yeah. I'm like, I thought he <laughs> I wanted to think I'm cool with my working VCR. <laughs> and I just could not get it to work, man. So in a, you know, in desperation, I looked up the movie and I saw that it was streaming on, on something. And I was like, fuck it. I'll sign up for a free trial. Just to be able to watch this movie, and then I was—I started going through the movies last night. I'm like, I might end up keeping this for a little while. I mean, especially if you're going to keep doing that uh, boxing and stuff, man. Right, get, get some get inspiration. In exactly, Try out some new dude. moves on your instructors. I was hitting the pads, and I was just like, <laughs> it really is just that sound for like an hour and a half. It, it gets old. <laughs> Well, you know what? I want to talk about a different sound uh, that you would listen to for about an hour. The sound uh, of music. The sound of music. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of weird noises in this one, too. Dude, understatement of the fucking year. We're only a week in, but that's a massive understatement. <laughs> uh, on that note, what's up, buds? Welcome to another episode of the Earbuds podcast. Uh, it's a podcast where two very good friends talk about very good albums for a very good amount of time. Oh boy! Maybe not an hour and forty. We save those for the for the special award episodes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that was two hours forty. Uh, but you know what? We got a we got a big one for you today, uh, Lucas. <laughs> odd couple. Or pod couple. What, where where do you finally stand on this? Where do I stand? It's you the know, new I year. Go. It's the it's our third episode of the new year. Yep. And I don't. I want us to finally all come to a consensus about this. If we got to nail this down. <laughs> uh, I you know that's what I was thinking about for that hour and a half last night where I I was uh, thinking I might have to go to the emergency room. <laughs> I was thinking, man. Odd couple or pod couple? Odd couple. Which one are we? <laughs> and we, I feel like we've been skirting around it for a year now. Yeah. And the fans we, are we growing just don't restless. Wanna, we know we know what our heart wants us to be, and we're just we're denying ourselves. And I think it's about time we just admit that we're the pod couple. Odd of couple of podcasts. Oh. oh, damn it! Okay, well. dude, it's like ships in the night. I thought we were about to. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> no, connect. We're we're passing right by each other. Uh, all right. Well, we're the pod odd couple of odd podcasts. All right. That's not <laughs> the, the fairly po- odd, odd couple, couple of odd p- pod pod. <laughs> we're the fairly odd pod couple of fairly odd podcasts. Now that is that comes off the tongue real smooth. That that's just you. You said how succinct I was in the award show. That's a good uh, example of that. <laughs> uh, today, I wanted my first album of the year to be a, a, a banger. An absolute challenge. Uh, Just, yeah. And it is Diablo Swing Orchestra's Pandora's Pinata. What a cacophony of sound this record is, man. <laughs> this is one of the first records that I had to... Listen to it in spurts. What was the what was the one that I suggested that you that you were like I just had to do it like maybe twenty minutes at a time. I forget what it was. Jeez, oh, 
Uh, oh, Uncle Acid. <laughs> it was Uncle Acid. <laughs> well, that was because I was trying to... I kept trying to pay attention as much as I could to that one, but my mind kept drifting away. It zoned you out, which is what it's kind of supposed to do. Uh, this album, on the other hand, I think does the opposite of that. Yes, it is so, like all over the place and it's just an onslaught of sound man and i don't think you can find this combination of of musical styles anywhere else no uh the diablo swing orchestra is a swedish like rock band of six to ten people depending on you know when Mm. you ask them i think this record was their first one that they had eight and they were an octet on Uh, this one yeah and they've just they they're they're such every album they have is something kind of different. Uh, is it? And the reason I chose this album is because to me it's the most accessible and kind of the finest example of what like operatic orchestral metal is. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, operatic was. It took me a long time to find that word for this record, and it's so this record is so theatrical it sounds like a rock opera yeah it just by default of (laughs) what the band members are trying to do in it but i mean mixed in there is a lot of swing like what how do you combine metal and swing who the (laughs) fuck thinks of that and who can pull it off like no one can pull it off like this i doubt i highly doubt it i haven't heard it yet I mean, there have been, I think that nowadays there have been more like theatrical metal things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, But Diablo, I don't think they're really content to stay in that one lane. Uh, No, man, because they mix in like swing and then jazz too. Yeah, there's there's a good amount of jazz. Uh, Of course, there's just nasty metal in there. There is, I believe, one or two songs. Where it's just like completely orchestral and mm-hmm. operatic for like the entirety of the thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, you think like something, you know, like the closing track, Justice for St. Mary. Yeah. Uh, something like Aurora. You know, that's... Uh, I feel like anytime the f- the female vocalist is featured, it's just inevitably going to sound operatic because her voice oh, yeah. is so over the top and theatrical. Well, it's... She must have been operatically trained, right? There's no... Has to. If ands, or buts yeah. about it. Yeah. I mean, the... Type of like, oh, wow. Like, just so exaggerated. Yeah. And I heard that... I think this is the last record with her as the female vocalist as well. Yeah. Uh, in, in further records, they do still kind of keep in... It, it, they still do still get like opera type singers uh but i don't think any are quite as like stereotypical of what you would imagine an opera singer sounds like as this singer (laughs) yeah man and that was a a that was probably the most challenging part to me because the music i mean we'll get into that um but the music was just something for me to almost like be in awe about (laughs) but the, the her voice was just i very very much dislike opera damn and so her voice was like this is i I wrote down a couple times this lady's voice is my worst nightmare (laughs) (laughs) oh boy yeah if you if you just do not like opera at any capacity uh i would say this is definitely not an album for you (laughs) though there are some songs that completely uh, don't have any opera things about them, I'd say. No, I mean, think about like Black Box Messiah. That is that is a very different song, almost like punky in its energy. Yeah, and uh, you know, when the uh, male lead vocalist comes in, uh, he still is a little theatrical about it, but it's not like operatic at all. No, no, he I, I enjoyed his voice much, much more than the female vocalist. Uh, like, if you, I mean, you know, it's it's the same operatic, but it's also, if, if you're not into musical theater type of singing, where it's also very exaggerated and just really loud and boisterous and everything, yeah. you just, it's you're going to have a hard time liking her voice. But 
Man, I mean, mixing in swing, jazz, metal, even like specifically gent metal. <laughs> right. Like, like very genty, and then Latin stuff mixed, all mixed in there too. I mean, it is just, it will constantly keep you guessing. And there's no one song that sounds like another on this record. No, there really isn't, which is, uh, I wrote down, it's, it's one of the few, like, it's a 50 something minute long album. Yeah, like about 51 minutes, I think. Near an hour. And honestly, yeah. it's one of the few albums I don't mind it because it's so uh, dynamic and it keeps you on your toes and it's interesting enough to get you through all these like six minute long, four and a half minute long songs. Do you ever look, have you ever looked at a piece of art that just has so much going on, like an impressionist thing or maybe an abstract piece of art where it's just so many things are capturing your attention at once? That you almost have to step away for a little bit. <laughs> That's what this was for me. So that 51 minutes felt feels like much longer for me because I can listen to two, three, maybe four songs at once and have to take like a breather. Right. <laughs> Just because there's so much going on. And I mean, again, like this is a rock opera if I've ever heard one yeah. and I've never heard one until now. So I assume I'm incorrect, <laughs> but it's very theatrical. <laughs> I mean, I would assume I, I don't. I kind of watched a little American Idiot. <laughs> I don't even know if that counts as a rock opera. Oh, it's a I musical. Listened to Meatloaf at least. once. I don't know. That's very rock opera, right? Like for sure. I would think like uh, you know, so I, I know someone did a metal version of Phantom of the Opera. Like that would be oh a rock God. opera, right? <laughs> yeah, I can't even give that the time of day. Uh, but I think we mentioned those, but don't even think of those if you're. Like no. planning on getting into this album because it—that's not a frame of reference no. <laughs> for this record at all. <laughs> and tons of horns on this album, which I loved the horns. Yeah, this was the first album where like a trombonist and a trumpetist, like that were just touring with them, became officially part of the band. Really? Uh, so yeah, it's a lot more, you know, prominent on this record. Uh, and yeah, I mean you. Th- like they had, yeah, trombone and trumpet, um, which adds so much to the the Latin vibes. Like right. in, in a Guerrilla Laments and other like you know more Latin leaning songs like that. It's just like wow, they just add so much the Latin swing vibes to it. It's like you can't you can't play this style without the horns. It wouldn't nearly sound as as cool. Oh, dude, and talking about those horns, like one of the best moments on the album is uh, in Guerrilla Laments, as you were saying. Like when the drums are happening, everything stops and the horns come in. Ba, 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 da, 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 yeah. Oh, what a cool! And I, if I remember correctly, that's the song I brought. One of a couple songs that I brought to you on your other little podcast, on the sister podcast to Earbuds, <laughs> the Choice Nugs Radio podcast. Choice Nugs Radio. Yeah, yeah, and that one like fucking confused me so much because <laughs> I never ever 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 would have thought that you would like this album man it, it was it was an interesting ride getting here uh, my buddy Sam kind of brought me on to these guys as he does with a lot of re- weird and really cool bands uh, like what are some other ones that he's introduced you to that are oh, that are weird um there's Dirt Poor Robins. It's not quite so weird, but it's an interesting, like, kind of like old 40s modern feel about it. Huh, okay. Uh, there's, he's into a lot of Viking bands. Oh, uh, like Hailstorm and shit? <laughs> like, I don't know, like Valhalla Reigns or whatever. Uh, you know? <laughs> a lot of pirate metal? Yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> That's fun. And so he, he turns me on to a lot of a lot of really weird, like, mixture bands. Caravan Palace is yeah, how yeah. I found out about them. Uh, but, yeah. So I he really... likes the mashing of uh, take something from the olden days and, and mix it with something from new, new times. Yeah, man. And I think that is perfectly done on on this record uh and yeah for sure did you i wanted i want to ask did you ever come to terms with the uh female singer or is it you're just kind of still dealing with it i'm still dealing with it i i thought i would honestly the first time i listened to the record i thought this is gonna grow on me 
Like, her voice is going to grow on me. And uh, it did not. Dang. Yeah. There's something There's something very obnoxious to me about over-the-top singing like that. <laughs> Which is a well, big reason is... I don't like musical theater, you know? Yep, and that is all this is. It's yeah, over-the-top. I mean, ever... It's so over-the-top. Her, her voice, I mean, for sure. I mean, the music's is very over-the-top, or her voice specifically. Like, were you ever friends with, like, musical theater kids in high school? Um, I knew a couple in college and high school, yeah. You know they have a very specific personality? Yes. Yes, I do. And that could be very grating. <laughs> it could be very tiring. Yes, and I feel like this woman has that personality where it's just, you know, any moment you can be in Mervyn's, and she's like, ah, look at these jeans! <laughs> and I'm like, uh, dude, like, I cannot... Okay. Talk to someone like you. Did you ever see that video of the old woman like banging on the bus and like, oh, 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 oh. no. Oh, okay. Well, also, why was she banging on a bus? Uh, she wanted to get in, man. I don't know. <laughs> she let me in. And she was just, oh, 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 oh. but anyway, yeah, I feel like these kids take any chance they can to, uh, you know, kind of show off, show, show what of they something. got. Yeah, that's what it is. Like, it's it's almost cringy uh, to me. But, you know, she has her style. I'm not going to take away from how talented of a singer she is. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying she's not good. It's just that it's not your thing. It ain't my style, baby. That's fine. It, it kind of sucks, though, because she does sing like 80% of the songs on this record. Yes. Yeah, I enjoy the male vocalist so much more. And, I mean, in the opening track... Uh, all he's doing is just like voodoo, voodoo, <laughs> and then and then the woman's like, oh, "God damn it!" <laughs> but one thing I did uh, love on this record were the drums. Oh, dude, you—he's incredible. It, like you know, I got that caveman brain. You know, oh, I got yeah. that drummer brain. If if the drummer's really good and the drums sound really good, I'm gonna like the band regardless of what they sound like. Yeah, and this drummer is incredible. I believe it was the only album he was on with them. No way, really? Uh, but they've always That's had fantastic shame. drummers uh, on every record. Uh, I mean, yeah, you can't you can't go from someone like this guy. To you know, someone with of, of a lesser status, some Ringo star or such. Yeah, apparently this drummer uh, Peter Carlson, he played in a in a symphonic Swedish metal band called Therion. <laughs> he has a type. <laughs> he has a type, dude. I mean, this must have been so much fun for specifically all the. I mean, for everyone involved, you can hear they're having a ton of fun. Oh yeah, and it, it, like you don't you don't have to be a drummer to tell that this guy's got crazy chops and, and yeah. his drums sound fantastic. It's it's really rare that I notice the drums themselves sounding really good aside from like mm-hmm. the production of them. Mm-hmm. Uh it, songs like the beginning of Gorilla Laments. Uh you I, it's really it's basically <laughs> It's getting emotional. It's just, it's, it's really hard for me to realize how impossibly difficult the beginning of this song is on drums. Yeah, man. This like hi hat rhythm he's doing and the kick and he's doing all these this crazy asynchronous stuff and this weird rhythm and it's just insane. This guy is just crazy. And then you go to the next one, like Kevlar Sweethearts, and he's doing the classic metal. Yeah, he has right. such a great touch, you know, because he can go from banging on those fucking drums to just doing these really light hits on the snare and the hi hat. And then, and I was like, and he's just fucking chugging along with those guitars, man. Yeah, the the production on the drums specifically, I liked a lot. Oh yeah, I I would say they're probably, I mean they're pretty front and center. <laughs> yes, and very clear. Yeah, very clear. Very. You can hear everything he's doing. You can you can hear the flavor of the toms. The snare is nice and choppy, but not piercing at all. No, for sure. No, none of the instruments, even though there's so much going on, there's never a moment where you're like, 
it might be overwhelming to the senses, but there's never a moment where the production, production-wise, mixing-wise, where anything sounds like it's too loud or it's not, you know, there's not enough bass or there's not enough mids or anything. Right. Is, uh, you know, overall, though, I will say on the production, it is so fucking proggy. <laughs> it is, I mean, like the definition of Swedish prog rock production, where... Everything is so clean sounding and so clear. There's no muddiness to it at all. And in a weird way, I don't like that. Well, yeah, even the, like the distorted guitars are kind of clean in a way. And there are times, so clean. There are times when like either the guitar or the bass will get a real nasty crunch on it. Uh, but those moments are few and far between. Like yeah. in. Uh, uh, what's the honey trap aftermath? Is that what I'm thinking of? Dude, the weird <laughs> funk. Was that a guitar or a synth? I could not figure it out. That is the coolest sound, though. Yeah, I love it, man. I, I, I'm gonna assume it's a, it's like a bass with a fuzz on it. Well, the bass but... does get some time to shine on honey trap aftermath. Like that's the only song that the bass stands out. And there's he's isolated on some of those songs, and you can hear he's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, he's going off right now. Like everyone's too fucking good at what they do. <laughs> yeah, it's it's another crazy example of a band where literally everybody is like a prodigy, but you right like aside from their standout moments when they take center stage, like they don't really show it off too much. It, it never sounds drummer. like they're, com- <laughs> yeah, for sure. It never sounds like they're competing with each other. No, not at all. Which is which is surprising because you hear all these virtuosos, eight people who are all incredible at what they do in a band, and you don't. It's weird that like sometimes when you're listening to an album, you can hear the ego. <laughs> right. I don't hear ego anywhere on this record. It's just eight people who know that they fucking kick ass, and they also work really well together, and it's a weird thing to when you realize that a lot of time like some of these uh musicians this is their first time this is their first album playing together and some and and sometimes their last album that they played together on and it's like these sound like guys who have been playing for 10 years together you know right and and i do believe there are like four or five members who are kind of constant through the entirety of the band's discography there's like a core there's there's like a core there but yeah. there are a lot of there are a lot of session musicians that contributed on this thing. There are a lot of like, yeah, one time musicians like I think the drummer, and uh, uh, you know just stuff like that. And it's it's crazy how cohesive they sound. There are a total of twenty musicians on this record. <laughs> yeah, and it sounds like it too. And it sounds like it. That's what I mean. It is just a cacophony of sound because you don't only have the what they're calling the 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 core band, which is the two guitarists, a bassist, vocalists, and then you have like cello, trombone, trumpet, and drums. That's like the core group of the band. But then you have like multiple violas and violins, double bass, horns, yep. multiple percussionists. You have flute, mandolin, clarinet, oboe. I mean, to produce and mix this record must have been a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Honestly. And it, things I've always wondered with fans like this is how do you make these songs? How do you even Yeah, get, how do you write this? Like, how do you write this? How do you get the people together to, like, do their parts and learn the song? And I, I, I just don't get it, man. I just don't understand how these big bands work. Having been in, you know, bands of three or four people being tough enough already to manage yeah it's hard enough to get four people on the same page much less 20 right <laughs> you know and 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 then you you have songs like black box messiah which i keep coming back to because to me that one was really stood out to me as as one of the more unique songs on the record right especially because that weird japanese chorus <laughs> what the fuck Dude, that I, like where did that come from i i am i i guess i still don't know I was so scared when I was listening to that song. I'm like, Lucas is gonna love, Lucas is gonna love this song, except yeah. for maybe that high pitched Japanese thing where he's gonna like, yeah, that ruined it for me. Dude, it would have had I not heard uh, Chai last year or the year before. <laughs> Chai. Chai is like a really badass uh, Japanese like female punk band, and all of their vocals sound like that. 
<laughs> and I'm so into it now. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, no, that one that one stood out to me, man. That's that's an honorable mention. It's not a choicey, but it's oh, it's okay. a yeah, it's it's it really stood out to me for how unique that was, and it just blows my mind that you know people from Sweden can play Latin music and calypso and swing and jazz and metal and still sound so Swedish <laughs> the whole time. It's, but it's like these people are like world citizens at this point. It's like you you realize like Americans are so just a fucking American, you know? Yeah, I mean we're kind of just in our own little world. You know, we think we're the center of the goddamn universe. Yeah, and that's why. And then you see these people from Sweden, and it's just like, oh no, we we love Latin music, we love Eastern, you know, folk music, which is involved in some parts here. We love like, you know, Japanese stuff. We it's it's all over the place, and you just see like their appreciation for so many different cultures. And you have Americans that are just like, give me a fucking red solo cup and a and some (laughs) cut off jeans with a big ass in it. And that's why some of the best bands these days are coming out of Australia, too. I'm telling you, man. Like, do do not look to America for um, music that will surprise you, is all I'm saying. It's out there. It's it's hard to find, I'm sure, because they're not getting radio play. Yeah. Like, I told uh, Lucas about this band called Tala uh, a a little while ago. and. There, there are some insane dudes, um, but a lot of the interesting genre bending, even decade bending stuff is probably going to come from anywhere that is not America. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm even hearing stuff coming out of Africa right now of like pop music that is miles ahead of the pop music that comes out of the U.S. and obviously inspired by the by you know American pop music, but sure. You know, you hear European pop music, and you're and you think the the production and the the songwriting that goes into something like that versus like a Britney Spears song, it's just it's you know, if not streets ahead, fucking miles ahead. Streets know? ahead is exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this album got a great uh, rating too. Yeah, it's like acclaimed. This is an acclaimed record, like four oh. to f- four four point five out of five stars or something. As it should be, man. I you know, it's really. I think someone's rating on this album, even more so than other albums you listen to, are a lot more subjective. Just because it's yes. such a... There are so many genres that are going into it and so many uh, over, over, overwhelming passages, almost, that it's kind of hard to be objective about something like this. That's so varied and all, all over the place. Yeah. You can be objective about the musicianship, about the product production and the mixing, maybe songwriting. Pro- no, that's not. You can't be objective. I don't about know about that. Yeah, <laughs> but it's interesting. Like you know, it, it, people are saying like this is a tour de force. Like like the technicality, the symphonic grandeur. Like people really really loved it. And then you had some of the less positive reviews. That the things that they call out, I think I agree with them. They they called out the the lack of male female vocal interplay, which I 100% right. agree. There's way too much focus on the female vocals on this record, especially when the male vocalist has a great unique voice too. Yeah, and uh it, yeah, it usually seems they decide one singer for like each song and then they're like the other person can come in every once in a while, but let's not go far too far past that. Right. But I will say, man, uh, great song titles, too. Oh, dude, that's one of the things they're most talented at is coming up with these just across their entire discography as well. Uh, the album after this is called Pacifisticuffs. Oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, some songs on here. Uh, it just sounds cool, man. Voodoo Mon Amour, uh, Honey Trap Aftermath. I love exit, exit strategy of a wrecking ball. Exit strategy of a wrecking ball, dude. How fucking bad... How to organize a lynch mob. Like, fucking badass name, dude. Oh, dude and you would expect so... it to be like... Fucking... <laughs> and it's just like... Like, fucking crazy technical, you know, prog rock. Oh, man. I love Of Kali Ma Caliber, because that's a fucking Indiana Jones uh, reference. <laughs> Kali They got Ma. references, too. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, what what else do I have? What other notes do I have about the album as a whole? Uh, I you know honestly, I think that's, I think we've talked about everything I wanted to talk about. 
Only oh. other thing I wanted to call out, which oh, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I did want to bring up the uh, that I like the song titles more than the lyrics. <laughs> Dude, I was literally about to say that. I, I wrote down that some of the lyrics kind of reminded me of Metalocalypse because <laughs> <laughs> it really does sound like Swedish people writing in like slightly broken English. <laughs> but it's like they went in a dictionary, found the coolest looking names, and they're like, "Yes, Ooh, let's combine those two. Yeah, and, that's, and they're like, we can write a song around this title. That's literally what they've done across their entire discography. Uh, but the lyrics themselves are honestly a little bland at most times, and just kind of the basic like yeah. relationship, like love songs, or the uh, kind of muse-like like vague revolution songs. Yes, yeah. And a lot of them don't make... You know, I was reading... I didn't read through all of the lyrics, but some of them don't really make grammatical sense. It's just kind of... Like you said, they're kind of just like throwing words together. Um, and it's and some of it did seem broken English. Like they're not... The adverbs aren't used correctly. The tenses aren't used like 100% correctly. And it, it just... It was almost kind of charming to me that I'm like, you know, there, there's it, it's slightly broken English and it doesn't make a lot of sense a lot of the times, but it's I'm not listening to the lyrics anyway. There's too much going on for me to listen to the lyrics. And, I mean, and I'm ignoring most of the time because she's going, <laughs> so I'm not even listening to half the shit they're saying anyway. It's it's hard to parse it even if you try, but I, yeah, you know, I don't know. They put enough cool words in there that you can just go along with it. Like uh, Voodoo Mon Amour, the very first song I think had, some of the best lyrics in it with like, uh, uh, insert your needles elsewhere. I'm broken as it is, you know? And yeah. Iron gifts yeah. come pouring down. I thought was a cool line. I wonder how much of this was written, written in Swedish and then they translated it to English. I don't know, man. They, they, they are very good at like speaking English. So I, okay. I, I assumed, like, they're just fluent. <laughs> Are they good at speaking American, though? I doubt it. Uh, no. You have to be American to speak American. Yeah. Did they even say swag once in the interviews that you watched? No, dude. No. They literally, they never said swag. They never said YOLO. They never said yeet. <laughs> Did they call the female singer a thought at any point? Because No. No, they didn't. Yeah, well, then they're, they're, they're lacking for me. <laughs> Uh, was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, yes, I loved all. The, I loved the production of the strings, and I loved how they used all the strings mm. on the record too. I thought they were used very well, especially during those more theatrical moments. Oh, I mean, sure. you literally have like a small symphony playing during those moments, and they just used them very, very well. Uh, and I love the whenever they combined like acoustic guitar with the strings. It's just such a great right. You know, it sounds like something that a Viking would have listened to, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm listening to uh, Exit Strategy of a Wrecking Ball right now, and uh, yeah. the strings in that song are fantastic. Yeah, very, very good. And and most of these songs are well over four minutes, like oh, at man. least four minutes. So, yeah, you're in for a ride and with, <laughs> with a lot of them. Uh, Justice for St. Mary is another one where it's mostly yeah. like orchestral. That seems like something straight out of like a movie score. You know? <laughs> right. And it's eight minutes, so it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it gets through. Uh, speaking of production, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out if the guitarist of this band also was the guitarist for a Swedish metal band called Soilwork. I don't know if you ever heard Soilwork. I haven't. But they had such a similar sound on the guitar, like same distortion, same tone, almost like same types of riffs. And I'm like, this has to be the dude from Soilwork. Like it has to, and it's not. And, and then I realized, oh, soil work is also from Sweden. So I'm like, this is Swedish metal. That's what this this production is. It might just be the genre. It might just be the genre. It's just like, okay, you're from Sweden. You play metal. This is what your guitar sounds like. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I spent some time. I did research on this because I, I was convinced that they either had the same producer or the same guitarist and neither. And I'm just like, oh, this just must be Swedish. It's just what it is. <laughs> But uh, let's get into it, man. What are your what was your first choice snug? It is time, it is time, it is time for choice snugs. It is time, it is time, it is time for choice snugs. Uh my first choice snug is gonna be a song I was just mentioning. 
exit strategy of a wrecking ball, dude. It pretty epic. It uh, I read online that it someone like equated it to a crazy alternate universe muse song. And it, yeah, I'm listening to it now. It, it's pretty musy. Like especially the vocals, right? It yeah. sounds like Matt Bellamy. Um, yeah, for sure. And the one the one of the only songs on the record that uh, features the male vocalist as like the main vocalist, you know? Right. Yeah. And it, dude, like this song just has like so many riffs and stuff and so genty. So genty. Uh those single note riffs, you know? And it's crazy that this is on the same record as Gorilla Laments. <laughs> Such a different song. It's so different, but like just as heavy. And then that part in the middle with the strings and the, oh, and the male dude. singer. And like the, the drums are kind of doing those offbeat crashes. It's like, and that oh. weird theremin part. Like it sounds like a theremin, but it might just be a synth. <laughs> There's going like, wah, 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 wah. right. Like yeah. Weird, weird sound. Uh, guess what? This was also one of my choice mugs. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, this I'm, was great. I'm almost scared, man. I, I, what if we have the same nugs the entire year? I would absolutely love that. <laughs> I think we'd have to go and like, I think we'd have to be in Guinness for something like that. You know, we, we better start. Yeah. We better start keeping track now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this, but then, this, this is go a ahead, go six ahead. minute song, but it has so many cool parts in it. And when it like breaks down to just the orchestra and the vocals, and then it comes right back in with the entire band doing that nasty riff. Interesting songwriting there where they, they do like a verse and a chorus and all of a sudden there's like a minute and a half of just uh, interlude. Yeah. It, it like you think the song is not traditional. And then, yeah, the, the strings come in and the vocals are a little, a lot sweeter. They don't have that fuzz that they had like in the verse. Mm hmm. Uh, and then the male vocalists like really shining on this part. Oh yeah, for sure. I can't wait. <laughs> I love your your lead in every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that fucking the the last minute of the song. That's like super fucking heavy. Oh yeah. And, and then the that... males actually screaming. And the horns are in. Yeah, I think it's the only screamo thing on the album. Pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, dude, metal with horns. Who would have thought? It's so it's such a good combo, dude. Who would have thought? You know, if we, it's it's so well done. If we ever have a band again, it's gonna have horns in it. I don't care what genre <sighs> it is. I don't fucking yes, dude. I you know I was pushing for a baritone sax in our metal band for <laughs> for years. <laughs> Dude, how long were we in Mortalis together? Um, like five years? Was it five years? Five sounds crazy. It must like four, maybe. It, it was like four or so, yeah. Because I was trying to time it with when I met Christina. Because I met Christina right around a year mark, I think, of Mortalis being a band. And then later that year is when we finally started getting shows. And that's when our original drummer left. Yeah, so I was in the band like a year, a year and a half less than y'all, I think. Okay, so I think I was in the band for about, yeah, about five years. So yeah, three and a half years, actively three and a half years you were in the band. I was thinking about that the other day because I'm like, I'm pretty sure I met Brett right around the same time I met Christina. But I'm like, no, there's a little bit of a delay there, I think. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, Exit Strategy of a Wrecking Ball, definitely hard, hard choice nug for me. Ugh. And so what was your, uh, what was your second nug, man? My second nug, you know, I went back and forth because I didn't, there's there, I didn't gravitate to a lot of the songs on this record. Mostly again, because of the vocalist, like it's just so, she's so prominent. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. Right. But I, my very, very close second choice nug, which I think I'm going to keep it as an honorable mention is Black Box Messiah. Black Box Messiah, that's like the most uh, punk kind of uh, song on here. It I love the chorus. I love the energy. Um, they still have very chuggy metal stuff in it. Oh, but yeah. It's like, it's like two, hour, two, two hours. It's like two minutes and 50 seconds or something. It's like fucking in and out. That's it's, a quickie. 
you know? Definitely the shortest song that is not an interlude on the record. Yeah. Uh, and that, that chorus is just so unique and different and, and unexpected. It's the only, I think it's the only song on the record that they aren't speaking English at one point, too. Yeah, right. And it's Japanese. It's not they even like, like Yeah, Swedish. they have like six, yeah, it's like six <laughs> Japanese girls singing the chorus, which I think is such a cool idea. But, uh, man, my second choice nug, which I have a feeling it's yours, is Gorilla Mets. Ugh. I mean, this is the song I brought to you on the Choice Nugs radio. Do you think that could have come into why it's your other nug? I think it did a little bit, but not by much, man, because I love Latin music. And this one is just so, again, it's like mixing Latin and metal and a little bit of swing yeah. in there. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's yeah, it's it, it it's another one that it's, it doesn't, they don't do a lot of like, there's maybe three parts of the song, right? And then for about five minutes, but it's very almost traditional that, that horn line where it goes like, like very traditional Latin Calypso sounding. Right. And they're like matching their vocals to it. Yeah, and again, you know, uh, the female vocalist is pretty fucking prominent on this one. <laughs> but the music really sold me. When they go into the part, I think it's the chorus, or maybe the pre-chorus, where they're going like, ah, and the drums are... Yeah, they kind of quiet it down a little bit, and that chorus is so catchy. With the name of the little so so catchy. The the song opens up right there, and the drummer is just like, yeah, it's great. That's that was. Um, I went back and forth between that one and and Black Box Messiah, but I had to go with it, man, because I'm such a sucker for that. Like, what type of drum is that that goes like, doo, 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 that almost sounds like metallic, like crack crack crack. Doo, uh, doo, it's doo, like a doo, it's like a doo, doo. it's not a timbali. There was a Timbali player on this record, so well, maybe they maybe played so. on Gorilla Mints. I don't know, uh, but I'm such a sucker for that. In in any sort of like, so many ska bands do that too. <laughs> like ska loves to mix in Latin music and easy pandering, easy pandering. Oh, easy, especially for me. I'm I I just gobble that shit up and yeah. There's something as simple as that. A drummer going, that's you got me. Yeah, you dude. fucking got me. Like uh, panties are off. <laughs> <laughs> panties are wet. They're off. They're off, dude. They're they're off. they're just like gravity. Like just took them there, down. There, there's crackers in the bed. I don't care, <laughs> dude. You can have as many crackers as you want if you're gonna. If you just every time you eat a cracker, you just go. Bra, bra, bra. I'm like, I'm like, where? Uh, let me, you want me to get you more crackers? <laughs> It's like, you look like you're running low there. I'll get you some from the pantry. <laughs> yeah, I think I got some Ritz in the back. <laughs> <laughs> was that not your ch- second choice nug, though? Uh, it was not. Interesting, because that's the one that you brought to the Choice Nugs radio. Yeah, well, that's... Uh, I mean, I've been listening to this album for a while. Yeah. Uh, probably five or six years now. So my, my choices have changed throughout the years. It used to... It used to be that song, and I I thought that song would be the best one to like, kind of encapsulate the band in the best light for you on your podcast. Yeah, I would say this is a Gorilla Laments is a great introduction to this band. You um, get a little bit of everything on this one. But Black Box Messiah was definitely a contender. Um, I I really which I think has. Black Box Messiah has the second most plays on Spotify of this record, so it must have been a single. Yeah, it was a single. It had a music video. There you go. Uh, oh my god, I need to watch their music videos. I bet those are fucking <laughs> wild. I haven't seen them. I, I, dang, I need to check them out too. Yeah. Uh, Voodoo Mon Amour is, you know, obviously a great cut. Uh, mm-hmm. I liked the orchestral stuff more on this listen than I ever had before. Like uh, like Aurora and stuff like that. Yeah, like Aurora and like Justice for Saint Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, before I get to my nug, like the ending of Saint Mary, dude. Uh, the ending for Saint Mary is what the part I like the most. I, that was such a cool part to me. And they they delve more into electronic stuff on their next album. 
Oh, okay. Uh, so this is kind of, it's almost like, it's almost them transitioning in real time. Uh, <laughs> You're witnessing the transition at the end of this record. But such a cool, like, it's not quite dubstep, but it all it has like those breaks and those glitches in it. Uh, Very weird, man. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Like, where did that come from? It's such a fantastic way to end the record. Very unique, yeah. Very different. Uh, but on this on this runaround, I'm picking Honey Trap Aftermath. Dang. As my nug, it is probably the most swing e song on the record. I'd say. Yeah, that rhythm. And then you have that weird funk that. Like, what the fuck is that? It's like a weird funk bass, but it's got this nasty distortion on it. It is a very cool sound, especially when I'm stoned. Oh, and yeah, and the bass shines a lot on this record. I love the vocals. You know, when he comes in, was it me? Was it you? Was it yeah. You know? Yeah, that's a very swingy, right? Uh, like, I'm picturing a zoot suit with slick back oh, hair. For sure. I'm thinking yeah. yellow, it's the mask. Yeah, big-ass chain wallet hanging down past the knee. Yep. <laughs> like, or how I dressed in fourth grade, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Or how I wished I could dress. I wanted a zoot suit so goddamn bad. Uh, but yeah, and uh, the the course of this song, I think, is like super interesting. Way down, it was way down on me. They bring that, bring back the yeah. And like, what the fuck is going on there? <laughs> and they enter like the the horns there to kind of give the accents. Bam, bam it. Yeah, especially like uh, I like that. Yeah, in the verses where that the the bass is like you can tell he's just grooving. Oh, dude, he's just drummers having the time in the pocket. On that. Drummers doing some pretty simple shit, but just in the pocket. Yeah, very very nice. And yeah, that bass man, he's he's taking his time to shine, and he's doing some cool slap pop stuff. Yeah. Right, but none of it sounds like he's trying too hard. He's just kind of like, "All right, man, y'all, y'all put me in the spotlight." I'm just like, he's, he's just in the back. He does his stuff on Wednesdays, man. Like he's just kind of like <laughs> doing it like it's nobody's business. Like, this is just happy hour for him. He's just like, "All right, let's fucking hand me a fucking mojito." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he, I think this is the grooviest song on the record, and it really. I don't know. I was just loving it. I was just grooving along. I was just kind of like dancing to myself. I was yeah. feeling myself. <laughs> Probably one of the better bridges in the on the record too. Right when it kind of little interlude does that. It, it's like the horn led kind of. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what is that? What would you consider that drum rhythm to be? Is that swing? Yeah, it's like a. I'd definitely say it's swing. Okay. Uh, or like a very, <laughs> kind of a very loose shuffle, maybe. Yeah, because he's got he's got an actual swing to his playing, right? Yeah. He yeah. he's so tight and in the pocket, but he still has a sway to it. He's not stiff at all, so it just has that that really smooth rhythm to it. Yeah, and you know that stuff can be really challenging to, you know, drummers that are. Like, you know, you can tell this guy is like a metal drummer. He can yes. he can do the the double kick and the crazy speed stuff, and ha- being able to do that and the slow groovy in the pocket but right on time kind of drum playing is really impressive. You can tell he's really comfortable, which is oh, uh, yeah. yeah, very impressive. Like to be able to to play something like. You know, like Gorilla Laments, where he's just so Latin-y. He's, there's so many ghost notes. He's all over his kit. Mm-hmm. And then you have Honey Trap Aftermath, where he's just like, dude, I can do this, too. Like, I can do yeah. s- just something really simple, but keep it interesting and smooth. and Just on the hi-hat. And then when he goes to, like, I think he goes to, like, the the ride bell in one of the choruses and just sounds so, so right. So nice. Yeah. So sweet. He's got, the, he's got the jelly wrists. Oh, 
you know he's got those jelly wrists. Dude. <laughs> he's got those jelly ass wrists, dude. <laughs> Just so smooth and easy, and it's he's flopping, but he's in control. It's it's very impressive. Uh, well, all right. Yeah, <laughs> we did it. <laughs> we did it, man. That's that's our third episode. We we both talked about it. Um, we brought up, and now the the year is starting. Yeah, yeah, we did it, man. Um, very cool, very cool. Uh, I'll 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 do my rating first because I know yours is gonna be higher. Yeah. What is your rating? Um, the things I liked, the musicianship, out of this fucking world. Um, For sure. Being able to combine so many different styles very seamlessly, never sounding like they're trying too hard or that they're uncomfortable or they're doing something out of their uh, talent, you know, like out of their their pocket, like out of their core. They can they are playing everything so, so smooth. They're very good at all of it. Yeah, I I enjoy the male vocalists uh, a lot more than the female vocalists, but I would say even then, like, they both have really great voices, but I don't think I would gravitate towards either of them. If, if it wasn't... I wouldn't gravitate towards that male vocalist as much if it wasn't for the, the opposite <laughs> <laughs> of the female vocals. Um, and the production overall is really, really good, but it's just so prog-rocky, and there's something about in my... It's just in my soul that rejects prog rock production <laughs> you know me man i like the nastiness i, I like raw yeah it's, even in hip-hop i like raw you it's, know it's distorted for sure and it can be mm-hmm. fuzzy but it's very smooth i'd say it's so polished yeah to the point of it i would not be surprised if i found out that every musician on this record was a computer because <laughs> it's just so polished and so tight. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, overall, I enjoyed it. It's probably not something I'm going to go back to often, except the like Black Box Messiah, Gorilla Laments, uh, Exit Strategy of a Wrecking Ball. All those songs are like, I could jam that just driving around, you know? Right. Uh, and there's there's just this overall like kind of umbrella of goofiness to the whole thing, but I like it. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to give it, I mean, honestly, it might sound kind of harsh, but it's mostly because of the the production or what you might call like overproduction and the female vocalists that really, really kind of knocked it down for me even more. So I'm going to give it like a, I feel bad, but I'm going to give it like a 5.5. Okay. All right. You know, that's, uh, you know, I was expecting worse. Oh, okay. But I was expecting better too. (laughs) <laughs> you thought you you expected better from me. <laughs> <laughs> I expected better from you as a person. Yeah. 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 Uh, dude, I'll I'll be hundred percent honest. After listening to it the first time, I thought uh, this is gonna be a really tough conversation. <laughs> I'm like, I felt bad. I genuinely felt bad how much I didn't like it. And then the more and more I listened to it, it I started understanding it more. A lot of things grew on me. Uh, so yeah, man, it, it came up from like a fucking two to five point five. Yeah, well, you know, I when I brought up this record, I knew it was gonna be a shot in the dark. You you really can't judge how someone's gonna receive an album like this or a yeah, band like this. You can't like predict this. it, man. You can't predict it. Um. So yeah, sure, I'll accept a five point eight. Was it? Uh, five point five. Six. Are you saying? <laughs> it's a, it's a five five. Six I'm five. A five five. Right. Five and a half. Uh <laughs> uh Well, yeah, mine's gonna be a little bit higher. Uh I would imagine. I don't mind the smooth production on this thing. I think trying to do something a little dirtier would almost ruin the album just because there are so many instruments and you know, they're all playing at once and Getting it, getting this production to sound as clean and nice and unobstructive as it does is almost a miracle. <laughs> yeah, for real. So i i don't I don't see the production, uh, the the smooth production as being bad at all. I I love this record. There's a lot of really cool tunes, a lot of really cool riffs. There's catchy stuff. Uh, it's interesting enough to get you through an hour of music if you can. Uh, 
you know, if you can bear it for that long. Yeah, 51 minutes of, of this uh, intense music um, could be kind of tiring for a lot of people. <laughs> that's that's what the first album was to me uh, by these guys. It was It was too much. It was like an hour and a half, if I remember correctly. That's too much of anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, all that being said, I I like the female vocalist. You know, I like the the opera, the almost, <laughs> you know, stereotypical, just like opera stuff about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give this one an eight. Solid, dude. Solid. solid I knew I, I figured you were going to give it above an 8 because I knew how much you liked this record a lot. And honestly, that album art alone should get like a half a half a point right there. You know, if you were if I was at a 5, I would give it a 5.5 just because of that that artwork. I love the artwork. Which one? Yeah, there were multiple uh covers. I, I didn't realize it until just now. The one that's like really neon and trippy yeah, uh, I don't even know how to describe what it is. It's like two wings with like this kind of scepter in the middle of it, and these things <laughs> going around it, and very like ornate and and neon. Like I love the the color theory that they use of this kind of teal blue with this kind of dark red orange ish thing, and a little bit of green mixed in there and yellow. It's just it's right up my alley. I would wear that shirt even if I hated this record. <laughs> Well, you might be getting a little uh, birth. Uh, you might. I might know what your little birthday present is this year. Uh oh, it's in a month from today. Oh, start saving up, buddy, because you're coming out to Southern California. Oh, you're flying me out. Uh, How no, nice I'm of you, you to say dude. That. You're fl- oh, man, so you cool. Didn't get it. I don't think you're getting it. Uh, <laughs> what was what was your least favorite song on this record? Do you have one? Uh, my least favorite song. Yeah. I. I mean, there was definitely, oh, which one was it? That's just kind of like, I think it was probably of Kali Ma Calibre. Yeah. Just because <laughs> I thought it maybe was a little too much uh, having the chorus and like the ka 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 and the double kick. I feel like they were trying a little too hard maybe to make it metal in that song. I mean, I wrote in my notes, this woman's voice is my worst nightmare for Kali Ma Caliber. <laughs> I would say my least favorite is Aurora, though, for same reason. Yeah? Yeah, just too much of her voice. Um, the song doesn't really go anywhere. Even though it's great strings and everything, it's just kind of... I, I, I could skip that one every time. Yeah, it's definitely the... Uh, I mean, it is the orchestra opera song. Yes. It's, it's the interlude. It's right in the middle of the album. Yeah. So it uh, sounds like uh, this is like go pee, you know, go outside, smoke a cigarette, come back in, and we'll go back to the show. I do think it is a nice uh, break, though, from from the crazy intense stuff on the record. It is. If it was purely instrumental, it might have been one of my favorites. Wow. <laughs> you know, that tells you how much I, I dislike. I'm sorry. I, I Your name is kind of hard to pronounce, too, so I'm not going to try and pronounce it. But female vocalist, I apologize for how much <laughs> I hate your voice. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all for listening to this episode of Earbuds Podcast. You can check us out on Instagram. That's where we're posting updates. You can find us on YouTube. We're going to be, as soon as some, you know, more albums start rolling out, we're going to be uploading some shorties. Yep. You know, talking about the latest albums coming out that week. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, We got Uh, some. Yeah, all EBP, EBP cast on Instagram, Earbuds Podcast everywhere else. Uh, I'm at Jean-Luc Guitard. Brett's at Brett Hanrahan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to be talking. I think we're going to try and focus, at least personally, I'm going to try and focus on more recent uh, albums this year. Just, you know, something that might capture a little bit more attention. I, I doubt uh, as many people are as interested as we are about talking about a pop punk record that came out 12 years ago. <laughs> you know, so it's it's. I think we had our year of self-indulgence and I'm going to do a little bit more for the listener this year. That's my goal. All right. Well, with that being said, what is uh, the next album we're listening to? You know, I think it's about time. We haven't talked about a hip hop record in a while. And yeah, it's been a bit. There was some new hip hop that came out last year that I was really excited to hear. And, and I did. I, have, I never even checked it out. And this album showed up on a lot of people's uh, top 10 for the year of the hip hop record. So I'm going to go with a little 
you know, underground, very not very kind well of an known niche. Yeah, you know, if you if you're not into hip hop, you probably never heard this guy's name, but his name is Nas. <laughs> and the album is called Magic, and I've that's heard this the, record uh, is really good. That's the horse one, right? The horse guy. That's the horse guy. Yeah. Right. So, okay. With Billy yeah, Ray think, Cyrus and Yes. Yeah, yeah I think okay. all, I think all his songs are just about like horses and being gay. So, we'll we'll get into it, man. We'll figure it out. Awesome, man. I I I'm excited for that. Yeah, Magic by Nas, listeners, buddies, listen to it. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you've listened to this album and if you like it or not, man. Are you guys into Diablo Swing Orchestra? Do you, does your body reject this music? <laughs> does it absorb it like like a, a you know, does does your endocannabinoid system just fucking go off when you listen to this? Like let us know. We're mostly interested in the anatomical and chemical reactions that your body has to the, the music. Yeah. What does your body produce listening to this music? Yeah. That's that's what I want to know. The main substance cuz there are multiple. Describe it in full detail. I want to smell it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to smell that body cheese that you develop while listening to this album. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brett, this was good, right? This was good. Yeah, I think this was good, man. I think this was good. This might have been good. This may uh, or may well, not have been good, but I think it was good. I think it was good. What would you rate the episode? I'd rate this episode a uh, 8.0. I'm going to rate it an 8.0666. Very, Okay. You can Dude, round up to 8.1 if you want to, but... It gets funnier every single time. I hear you laughing every time I do it. I'll stop doing it when you stop laughing, Brett. Uh, that's, I think those are just like the voices in your head, man. I've been hearing laughing this entire... Have you not been laughing this whole... You think I've been laughing and talking at the same time? I thought it was weird, but, you know, you're a talented guy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh my god. Stop. I'm a little alone, but I keep hearing laughing, so... Um... I might go smoke a bowl to quiet down the voices in my head. Right. Yeah, that sounds like yeah. a good idea. Yeah. Well, uh, all right, buddies. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. Till next time, y'all. Till next time. Listen to Nas. Listen to Nas. Yeah, I'm going to take my horse to the old, old town, town road. road. I'm going to ride back in That's all I know. <laughs> That's all you need to know. And a three, and a two, and one.